You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to the special NFL Draft episode 156 edition Garage Draft Guys NFL edition episode of all time. Episode 156, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports. I'm sorry if my words were misplaced there a little bit. It's just because I'm so fucking excited. The NFL is back officially. Uh, Me and Drew have been watching the draft since it started, and the draft is still going on, and we are recording right now. Uh, the Saints actually looks like they they took uh, Ruiz. I don't know. Just took a center. Just took a center. Like uh, we we just took a center, and we have another center. What is this? What is this center? How many centers can you have? Last time I checked, it was just one. It's like you and fantasy sports with tight ends. The Saints are like that with centers. Right. That's why I'm a Saints fan because because we like to st- stack up on certain positions. That's how it's consistency. We do it. Consistency is key, baby. But uh, we're going to be walking you back through the NFL draft uh, from pick number one. Uh, we got to talk about Grunt. We got to talk about your feelings and your emotions. We're going to have a therapy session on episode 156 with uh, with, with our, our good good pal Chef Boyardine. And, uh, and yeah, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Drip Drop ORS. Drip Drop ORS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Uh, dehydration can have a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. Drip Drop's used by top hospitals across the country, and it's safe enough for everyday use, and it's powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. This stuff is used by athletes firefighters, military members, garage guys, garage girls, garage animals. You could literally pour this in your dog's bowl and he'll thank you for it because he'll get all the hydration he's ever needed in his life. And then you can drink it too. And then you and your dog can be hydrated together. You're you're watching the NFL draft right now. You're probably drunk. Everyone's in quarantine. You better be drinking drip drop in between those beers and those whiskey sours. That's all I can say because it's a life changer. And it's a game changer. And you want to be able to get up tomorrow morning and take on the day because there's a lot more draft action going on through the weekend through computer screens. So get to dripdrop.com. Use promo code GarageGuys20 at checkout. You'll get 20% off your order. Do it now. Get the drip. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. Wobble, that's baby. Only, that's, that's, the only, that's what this That's the only part of the been. song. That's the only part of the song I like. I like when people – I like when people throw it in the mixes, in the uh, what do they call it? The um, mashups. Just throw that one oh. phrase into a mashup to get in yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like get in there. Like they'll sample it, like on rap songs. Yep. You know what I mean? And then and then you just remember all those drunken nights at your local college bar when girls were just like in a line, just doing the wobble. Yeah, I remember uh, that happened everywhere around the world. You're right. Right. Every college. Right. How how was Ropers? 
when that was going down. Man, Roper's is an interesting place. I'm surprised you bring that up. I didn't know you. I didn't know you uh, had any familiarity with Roper's. I've been roped into Roper's a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some great nights. Some uh, let's say you know you know how people say um, nothing's going to top that night. Well, yeah. I I kind of changed that phrase to nothing's going to bottom that night. Um, no. So I've had some tops and some bottoms there. Ropers Ropers was like to to you as like uh Reggie's was to me in Tigerland. That's I went to Reggie's a lot more than Ropers and I'm not proud of it. Yeah, I don't know if you've really ever messed around in Tigerland in your life, but uh it's uh, it can get dirty over there. It can get real real dirty. Real dirty real bad. <laughs> it sounds so, like you yeah. have some stories, but we'll save those for another day. Yeah, we'll save those for now, but my main point bringing up these bars and things like that is because everyone's watching the NFL draft tonight uh, from their homes. You know, we're, we're in this quarantine and even the players themselves are at home and we're, we're getting an inside look at their houses. So it's so different because there's nothing I would do. I don't even drink drew and there's nothing I would give to, to be like, than to be at a bar right now with a bunch of just like drunken sports fans, just soaking that energy in. Like there's nothing better then an NFL draft at like a bar or like a restaurant bar and people are just going absolutely berserk for no reason, whether it be good times or bad times. I've watched a man punch through drywall. He was so mad at a pick in a bar. You strike me as a huge draft guy. Like I think I'm more of a just stay up to date with the draft and have all the information coming through my phone. But knowing what I know about you, you like the, um, the environment of just hanging out at a, at a place putting some putting some wings down and just watching sports yeah. fans react like that's what you're in it for and I feel like you're a big draft day guy I am I am I'm, I'm a big NFL draft day guy and fantasy football draft day guy uh, me too because I'm, I'm with you on the second no, part yeah nothing is better to me like the NFL draft is great the environment's awesome you got a bunch of people wearing their jerseys but you get that same I feel like you get that same exact experience when it comes to fantasy football, but it's like, you know, you're the one that's about to be making these selections. So it's even better. It's even more zoned in. And then the beauty of it is, is depending on how many leagues you're in, you get to have that experience over the span of the entire month of August. So it's does a it saturated thing. though. If you're in multiple drafts, is it, does it, does it water down your main league and you don't enjoy draft day as much, or does it only enhance it to have multiple draft days? No, and if it does, like, if, if you do feel like, like that, that it's, like, saturated after a certain amount of time, then you're a fraud. You're and in you too many leagues. Play, you shouldn't play fantasy football. Yeah, you're either in you're... too many leagues or you're a fraud. Because every league that I'm in, it's, like, just constant excitement. I don't care if it's a, a six-team family league where nobody knows anyone and I just dominate. And then, like, I've dominated for, like, years on years, and I just kill the redraft constantly. Like, it doesn't matter what, what's going on. I could be drafting against eight, like, 10-year-old kids, and I would still just be like, suck it! Like, this is fancy to get out of here. You don't know your shit. Except I have helped my little cousin before, and he did win, and I was proud of him. So, that's been about You're like it. a mentor. Yeah, I'm a fa- fantasy football mentor. Your little um, cousin. Yeah, yeah. I want him to be great because he wanted to draft Tom Brady first overall. And I said, that's the mistake. Don't do that. And I talked him out of it. Thank God. He's just a huge Brady fan like you, man. So, you, you, have you yeah, ever been there? That. You got to respect yeah. that. 
It is. But, dude, we're back, man. We're back. Uh, I feel like the, the reason I love this so much is just because even though it's April, we're not really sure of what's going to happen with the NFL season just yet. This gives, like, a little bit of normalcy. And, like, it gives the excitement of the NFL and what the NFL is. And it's nights like tonight when, you know, you realize that it, it is more than football. It's, like, literally it's a lifestyle for people. I know for me, like, fantasy football, when I got into it, it became a lifestyle. So everything that went around NFL and sports, it, you know, it just branched. It, it, it's like a tree that just grew. Like, I, I started out, out as, like, you know, a little sports acorn. And then I became this giant oak tree and all these limbs, and I just, like, find myself watching the most weirdest sports ever because it's just, like, that's just it for me. Like, fan, most people grow up and they're attached to a team, and, you know, they've, they've loved that team their whole lives. You know, I grew up, I knew I loved the Saints, and, you know, I knew I was supposed to. They were my hometown team, so I've always been kind of like the hometown team guy except for that one period of time when I was in high school and I rooted for Alabama, which made no sense because I look Come back on, on that now and I thought it was ridiculous. But, you know, I'm back to normal now. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. I Dude, I have senior photos of me wearing Alabama stuff. I shit you not. I will send them to you. Um, I might even post them online. trying to latch onto that success, I guess. I don't know what you were going for. And it was like the very beginning of the success, too. That's what's crazy about it. So, And from that, one of my little cousins, who's now in his 20s, is a diehard Alabama fan, and he was an LSU fan, and I converted him. And now he annoys the shit out of me with it so that's you know that's my karma karma yeah i guess so it is what it is but basically what i'm getting at is that fantasy sports was what really got me deeper into sports and um and i love it for that so tonight is just a part of building the future you know dynasty leagues dynasty owners right now are like in heaven because they know after this weekend it's on you're about to see an influx of dynasty leagues tweets about dynasty leagues and i know i've got a draft coming up in may in the uh, fantasy twitter dynasty league with a with a good group of people and um i've got a lot of rebuilding to do put it that way but um it's going to be fun you know i got a, I got a couple of picks and it's totally different than redraft so but um but yeah i don't know if you're in a dynasty league or not but i definitely think we might should start a dynasty league if we can get the right people yeah, I'm uh, very familiar with the concepts and, like, how the strategy changes, but I've never been in, like, a serious dynasty league. I've always been in redraft. Um, definitely down to do one because I think I'd be good at it because it's, it's basically how long – it's basically sustaining how long you pay attention all year, year-round, year-over-year. And if you do that, you're going to be good at dynasty. You're probably going to be good at dynasty, right? I mean – Exactly. It's basically you become, you become a legit, like, scout. Like, you find yourself watching film. And, like, I've done a horrible job of it because, like, I've always been a redraft guy. So, for me getting into it last year, I was just thinking, like, okay, draft a bunch of young guys. And forgetting the fact that, hey, you actually have to win games, I fucked myself. (laughs) So, I ended up in, like, last place. But that's turned around, you know, into me having a good bit of picks now. And I've made some trades recently where I'm trying to get myself set up for this draft that we have. I know a lot of other people out there that are, might be listening to this show have their dynasties coming up, but we definitely, uh, we definitely need to do this. I think that me and you should definitely be in a dynasty league. And for some of you guys out there listening, you know, we know, we know some more of our hardcore garage fam listeners out there. Hit us up on Twitter. Text us if you have our numbers. Uh, shoot us a DM anywhere. Let us know if you're seriously interested in a dynasty league, and maybe we can kick something up with some of the garage fam. And as long as they stick around, we might have to make them pay for like a lifetime subscription 
to uh, the garage <laughs> guys to do this. That way we can ensure they're not going anywhere. Yeah, it seems only right. Got to lock them up for good if they're going to, we're all going to play. So uh, let's go ahead and get into what we've been talking about for the past few hours now. Um, we started a live stream on Twitch. By the way, if you're not on Twitch, uh, follow us at Garage Guys and make a Twitch. That's what you should do because we will go live streaming here and there. Um, and there's really no true schedule. We might schedule some things, but sometimes we might just get the itch to go live and do that. And most of you, that if you have Twitter or stuff like that, you know we are on Periscope. It's been a big week. We've had a lot of moves. I don't know if you got before we do get in the draft, I got to say a shout out to Randy the Plumber. He is now a Garage Guy. We got a brand new podcast on the Garage Guys Network called Cautions Out. It's going to be a NASCAR podcast. Uh, not really anything about uh, fantasy, the aspect of it. It's just more about the sport of NASCAR and the NASCAR fans. The first guest on the show is uh, Austin Dillon, and it's live now on YouTube. And the podcast should be up in a, in a couple of days on Apple and Spotify. So for right now, go to our YouTube page, and you'll be able to watch live video if you watch it on YouTube. So that is a new feature we have. So excited about that. If you don't know who Randy the Plumber is, you're probably living under a rock. Dude blew up on TikTok and is now everywhere. So be sure to follow him. And uh, it's exciting. What, what did you think when you saw him yelling at his television and our podcast was on it? I thought that this was the perfect mesh of Garage Guys and Randy the Plumber. Um, for a promo video, because that's essentially what it was. It was announcing the, the partnership we have, and we're excited about, you know, me and you can, we've talked about it for a long time, how we can start branching out and finding some personalities that fit what we're trying to do, and I think he's going to be the perfect guy for it. So hopefully we can keep this uh, momentum going and get a few other guys in here. Hell yeah, we got a lot of big stuff coming. The NFL season's coming up, and we got some big things in store for that as well. So um, the good stuff's going to keep on rolling. So uh, definitely be uh, keeping in touch and, and keeping up with what we got going on here, and be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're not already. I'm going to start planning some, some evidence with Randy on how me and him control you. Um, control make sure me? That we can, yeah, we're going to start. Are you guys going to like try to brainwash me? I've been watching a lot of shit about brainwashing and, and like all kinds you're of You're going a little deeper shit. than me. You're going a little deeper than me. Yeah, I'm trying that, to though. get him who on here you? to like have a segment where we roast you. Who do you, who do you work for? <laughs> I want to get Randy on here to roast you. Me and Randy roasting Garage Guy Chase. Okay, well then the next week we got to roast you. That's fine. We're going to do, do a triple roast. I think it would be more fun if like – it was just naturally like done and we just like get like the more people that we start getting with garage guys, we just start like roast fests constantly. Okay. Or maybe we'll with that, maybe we could just reenact. We could do it just like on comedy central where we do a YouTube video where we can see real reactions. Man, the ideas are flowing right now. Cause I'm starting to think, how can I get, cause Randy still doesn't know me too much. Randy, the plumber doesn't know me. So how can I troll him right off the bat? That's what I'm trying to think about right now. There we go. So you I'm haven't, confuse you him. haven't even hit him up on, on Twitter yet. I'm He's not going to know him. what to do. Yeah. It's, He's going to be yeah, confused. Okay. So, so he hasn't listened to this yet, probably. So right now you need to go ahead and like start really cooking on that. Got to figure out something that really makes him mad. That's it. What, All right, what does he so not so like about NASCAR fans? Or who, what, what NASCAR driver does he hate? He, he doesn't like fake, fake boys. He likes the real boys. So, so he, he, likes, he, like, he likes real NASCAR. I'm, sh I'm sure he does. I mean, he's a Jeff Gordon fan. He's like the biggest Jeff Gordon fan of all time. And Jeff Gordon's going to be racing in the iRace this weekend. So all so you got to do is just Jeff basically – Gordon's overrated. 
Yeah, or just like literally, just like you want to get like real hardcore with it, like like call Jeff Gordon gay or something, and then that will like <laughs> really because he drove a rainbow car. You could say that that's like the oldest trick in the book. Like that's like an instant trigger for all Jeff Gordon fans. Okay, and I'm gonna gay, get him. And for I'm, and for gay people in 2020, take down two things at once. I'm I'm gonna prepare a nice text message tomorrow, and I'm gonna send it to you first. And check NFL out Randy drives. the Plumber, right? If you haven't seen him, yeah, check out Randy and. Be sure to follow him. It's at Randy the Plum the Plumb, P L U M B E and the number three, and follow Parker Manley at Parker Manley nine. That's his co-host for Cautions Out. So do that. Joe Burrow went first overall, Drew. I'm so shocked. So shocked. I don't even want to talk about it. Joe Burrow. I'm Nicole excited though for this offense. Yeah. So we have to. We do have to talk briefly about this. So. We discussed on the live stream earlier on Twitch, we were discussing, like, you know, the outlook for what the offense could look like. And um, we both agreed that Joe Mixon should definitely have an uptick in value. Do we see him going around um, that that late first round like we did last season? I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to fall off of it, but then there's also a part of me – that feels like we're going to see him maybe go a little bit sooner, maybe somewhere around between like seven to 10 in no. like 12 man leagues. No, I don't think so. You won't see him that good that, that early. I, I saw him round. go like 12th, like a lot. In the first yeah. I don't round. think he'll, he'll creep up into that. You're going to have like your first batch of running backs. And then you're going to have your main receivers. Everybody knows Michael Thomas, Julio, D hop. Then you're going to see like your, your Joe Mixon's of the world. But I agree that, um, upgrade for for Joe Mixon, and I don't think me or you like. Despite we've been really frustrated with Joe Mixon in the past, I know you had him on a few rosters, and I've had him on a roster or two. There's um, love hate there for sure, but his talents there, like we've never denied that. So, um, excited for that, and excited for the passing attack too. I think that the Bengals just have to make sure they sure up that defense, that offensive line, and they're going to be uh, competitive next year. Yeah, for sure. I, I know that that they're going to have a little bit of differences. As long as Zach Taylor gets his shit right and they make sure that, you know, the O-line's a little bit stronger, they find a way to do that. And, I mean, kind of looking tonight, we'll have to wait and see some more picks from Cincinnati tomorrow and what they do. But um, you made a really good point earlier on our live stream about the defense, though. That's going to be big-time key. That's big key. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, probably a top, bottom two, bottom three unit last year. And, uh, man, it was just – it was tough to watch. So, hopefully they can address that in the draft. And uh, as we're watching it here, we'll be able to assess that and get back to the to the garage fam on how the, the Bengals do the rest of the draft. But what do you think about the, the second pick? I think that was pretty predictable as well. Yeah, Chase Young was another predictable pick. Everybody pretty much knew that. That defense has got to definitely get something running. And I think with him, they've got a great guy. They know that they're going to have somebody that's going to last for a long time. Um, I'm kind of looking at some of his stuff, you know, with him. He had like a 7.37 prospect grade. But, I mean, that really doesn't matter who gives a shit. Um, those things can change here and there. But it's uh, they're comparing him to Julius Peppers, man. And if that's the case, then um, – yeah. Yeah, the Redskins are uh, Redskins are in, dude. The Redskins are uh, they're going to be looking to have a solid unit, man, for defense. So they just got to get that offense right. They got to get their uh, their young squire Dwayne Haskins uh, 
hauling in those uh those beautiful uh, you know passes to Terry. Yeah, we got to get Blackjack sure. Blackjack Del Rio dialing up the plays. That's right. I mean, I'm, I want full deck. I want like full deck Texas Hold'em, like all year long. Like that's what I want to see, all day every day. <laughs> I want I want casino. Spoiler What's funny alert. is that he's the defensive coordinator, and I'm just I felt like saying I felt like incorporating Jack Del Rio, you know, into the into the conversation any way possible. Yeah. So well, I mean, he's got the ace of spades with Chase Young now. That's so, true. I mean, he wins. You know what I mean? Ace of spades. Win. He does. What? What if they? What if they become the Washington, uh, the Washington Aces, and then they just adopt the Raiders color scheme just to piss off Oakland or Las Vegas? Now, it's one of those nights for your for your minds going a million different directions mm-hmm. already. Oh yeah, dude, NFL's back. I'm looking at a lot of statistics and numbers, and my brain's going into overload mode. So we should probably move to the next pick. Uh, Jeff Okuda, cornerback. Had to had to grab that there. There was a lot of speculation that they could actually go for Tua. I don't know if you heard much of that or not. The Lions? Yes. Yeah, I, I heard that this was either going to be a – I think it was a prime suspect for a trade back spot is what I was reading, that basically the Lions were going to move back and either take a lineman or a, de- or a defensive back. And instead they just went ahead and took the defensive back. So not like a major crazy swing or change there. Um, but a lot of rumors were that the Dolphins were going to actually trade up to three, but they ended up getting the guy they were going to tr- trade for anyway. So kind of jumping ahead there, but they ended up getting Tua. But I thought they might move to three just to ensure that. Yeah, and, you know, it, it could have happened. Like Patricia could have done something like that, but you know what, Patricia being a defensive guy, I feel like now until he's fired, which will probably be in like three years, um, he'll just pick defensive players every year. And it's like the offense will just deteriorate until eventually it's just defense plays both sides of the ball. And that's the truth <laughs> because that's all that Matt Patricia knows how to do. Start putting a linebacker at fullback like the Patriots did this year. Right, exactly. And wear plaid shirts unbuttoned with black T-shirts from Hot Topic. And have that's that his pencil. favorite things. Yes, and the pencil. But it's going to be black. And eventually he's going to paint his fingernails black because he's just going to let his emotions ride because he's going to realize that his quarterback has like a broken back um, forever and it's not going anywhere, but he's just somehow going to forget about that every NFL draft. So that's what we have. <laughs> Didn't you miss football season and all this random shit that I would cook up in like minutes? <laughs> we, talk, we talked about Matt Patricia a lot this past season. I feel like we at least covered him for 10 straight minutes on several, several different episodes. Yeah, big time. And, and like I said, you can't, you can't forget – whenever you have a, uh, a really good, you know, really good comparison for a coach. So, always got to throw that in there. Um, the Giants took Andrew Thomas. That was kind of like the first surprise of this draft. Um, a lot of people thought that they were going to go after, um, uh, what was it? It uh, was his name, Mackay Becton. I think he ended up – or Jedrick, Jedrick Wills. That was the guy that everyone thought that they were going to go for um, because he was like one of like uh, – I want to say he was one of the the best tackles that was in this draft from Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah, there were several different um, linemen and, and several Alabama Crimson Tide members in this top like fifteen, top twenty mock. So, as usual, Nick Saban's producing the NFL talent. He wanted a Georgia boy, I guess. I guess he felt that a bulldog was a little more fierce than an elephant. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So, 
maybe maybe he just went that way, but I think that it was a dumb move anyway. And also, just got to throw this out there. There's only one Gettleman, and that one Gettleman will wear a, a mask to protect himself from COVID-19 in his own room with no one in it. So <laughs> that's, that's Gettleman, guys. That's what he does. Very, very, uh, very safe and precautious. And nine times out of ten, that's not how you win football. So just remember that. Sorry, Giants fans, you suck. Didn't again. we say he was going to be the guy that uh, had like a, a glitch and like missed his connection or missed his pick or something? Yeah, we guy. were trying. We were trying to figure that out. There, there was one bet that we never made that a bet, but we'll get to the bet in a, in a little bit here. But yeah, we never made the bet, but we should have because everyone's been doing a really good job. Like I feel like in, the NFL probably went to everyone's house and was like, "We're we're going to provide you with the highest quality bandwidth." of all time for every uh, everybody that's, that's on the NFL. And in that, that split second in time, it's like, what about some of these players that are going to be drafted that have that internet connection? Like, and then like, they don't get drafted. Do they lose it? Do the, does the NFL not pay for it anymore? These are tough questions because I would be pissed if somebody gave me badass internet and then took it away. But that's kind of what the giants do. Did I lose you yet? No, no, I'm I'm right here. I'm waiting for the next uh, next pick. Shit, I was trying to lose you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, number five, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, can we tung, can we bunch in the uh, next pick together and just talk about the QBs? We'll just talk about QBs yes. in this draft. Back to back QB. I'm excited for Justin Herbert going to the Chargers at pick six, and a lot of people hate it, especially the Chargers fans. But uh, I'm more of a I'm more of a team Tua guy, so I think the Dolphins. Got the better guy, in my opinion. Um, not like a huge hater. Like you said, you were reading off some of the tweets you were seeing about the Chargers pick. But I don't know. I just I watched enough of him in college, and I, re- I really just didn't like what I saw. It doesn't help that Marcus Mariota was a, was a god in college, and he was at Oregon. And um, he's kind of fizzled it out. So that doesn't help this case. But I'm not like a huge hater, but I'm not a huge fan. I think Tyrod Taylor's going to start for um, at least half the season. Um, do you yeah. think they're going to start him right off the bat? Or where's your head at on Tua? And what odds would you place? Or what's your gut tell you on which of these two plays more this season? Uh, Tua definitely will play more. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fitzpatrick, uh, <clears throat> you know, gone possibly. Well, actually, you know what? Fitzpatrick won't be gone. He'll, he'll probably go more into the backup role depending on Tua's health. But um, I think that – Tua learning from Ryan Fitzpatrick might not be a, the worst thing in the world, um, but I think that Tua is definitely a way better athlete than Ryan Fitzpatrick ever was, being realistic. As much as I hate to – you know, I can be goofy all day and joke-wise, and I'll sit here and tell you that Ryan Fitzpatrick is God and shit like that. But, I mean, if we're being real, you know, Tua – there are people already arguing that Tua is the best quarterback in the AFC now. So, <clears throat> I don't think that people are too far off. That? A lot of people on Twitter tonight. Not anybody of like relevance, but yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, because I'm more of a you know more of a team Josh Allen for for that you know. Like, are you talking about division or conference? I'm talking about AFC East. Okay, all right, I'm following you. I thought you were saying all of the AFC too is already the best QBs that people were saying. Oh hell no, no, no! You got Patrick Mahomes, bro. No, no way. Sorry, guys. I didn't hear you sneak in the East in there, AFC okay. East. 
So that's, yeah, see, my brain was going too fast. Tua and I, I don't know, like I, I like, you know, I'm a big Josh Allen guy, and I think he's still got a lot of work to do. But Tua's just got to prove that he's healthy. And if he gets out there, and they just got to be able to protect him, man, because it's, it's going to be rough. But main thing here is with Miami, what the fuck happens with Josh Rosen? This dude is stuck. Like his whole career is fucked. Yeah, Yeah, he's fucked. uh, Especially with QBs like Cam Newton and and Jameis Winston not on the team, and now um, Josh Rosen is number the third string there. It's just hard to imagine a scenario where he sees the field anytime soon. Because you got to imagine if you're a team that wants a QB, you're not going and like handpicking Josh Rosen over a Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Like you're. Why would you do that? so I think he's kind of stuck. I don't know when we're going to see him. It's going to probably require an injury for him to get back on the field. Yeah, he'll be the next Brock Osweiler, hands down. <clears throat> hands down. Uh, he'll have like one year where like he just shines for like four games and then he's just gone. <laughs> like yeah, never to yeah. be heard from again. And yeah. he'll get some big contract in like three years, probably. Who knows? Right. Um, I do have one argument against Tua just that I want to throw out there. Like, if you want to be a Tua hater, um, I think your your stance is just look at the draft board, how many Alabama players were on there, and look at the receivers that Tua was throwing to. And basically every time Tua lined it up in college, he had the superior athletes in every position. And now he's moving to a league where that's not the case and the, level, the playing field is very leveled off. So if you want to be a guy that's, you know, preaching that Tua is not going to be – that good in the pros I think that's your argument because I mean I think you and I were talking Chase about the receivers we were seeing in this draft and that especially from Alabama that that's the guys that Tua was throwing to so he won't have that advantage anymore to having the having the best athletes on the field no I mean he's definitely taking a downgrade I mean you gotta think we're, we're gonna be seeing a Tua if he starts and everything goes good we'll be seeing a Tua throw into a kind of a revived Devontae Parker um, <clears throat> some people forgot about Albert Wilson. You know, he's still definitely a part of uh, that team. And I think that Albert might still have a little bit of gas in the tank. But the big receiver I think that people are forgetting about, we saw some, you know, brief glimpses of, of what could possibly be to come is uh, with Preston Williams uh, yes. as a wide receiver. And I'm kind of a fan of Preston Williams. If you're in a dynasty league and you can acquire him for, you know, not something stupid significant, I would definitely try to get a couple of shares of Preston Williams um, in the, you know, this fantasy season going into dynasty or whatever, because I think that, you know, we'll definitely see Devontae Parker still be the lead there, but I think that eventually Preston Williams is going to move right into that two role. And yeah, I think uh, he's start there. Matter of fact, I think he's going to win that position outright in training yeah. camp. And I mean, I'm with you on that one and we don't always agree on skill position players, but I think Parker's obviously the clear one, but, I don't think Albert Wilson at this point is going to be anything more than that, that third guy, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, th- being a third receiver in the NFL nowadays is not not a bad thing. I mean, you can be a third receiver and and still outproduce the number two half the time. You know what I mean? So, right. He's the last hope. He's the last hope guy when all else right. fails on the field. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it'll be – you know, it's Tua. We all had the speculation he was going to Miami, so there's really nothing, no surprise there, shock there. But the Justin Herbert one um, – you know, I personally feel kind of going back to you asking me what I thought about it. I, I think that Anthony Lynn would be smart to throw him right into the game plan because we all know that Anthony Lynn is going to be run heavy because he was a running back himself. He does favor that run. We got Eckler on a, off coming onto a big contract. Um, you know, Melvin's gone. So 
I think that with I think Eckler's going to be able to carry a good bit of that load. And so as long as Justin Herbert can dump it off to him and and you know get get those uh get those those passes off to him, you know, pretty quickly, we should see some pretty good production out of him. And it's just going to be the you know the long ball. You got to look at who he's throwing to. He's got Keenan Allen. I mean, it you know it's kind of a gamble with him every season. And you know Mike Williams. That's really Keenan your Allen. two guys. And Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen's so, Keenan Allen's going to be great for him, man. Great for a young quarterback because okay. Keenan Allen is one of the best possession receivers in the NFL. Just gets open. He runs all the routes well. Your Mike Williams is going to be your guy. You just throw it up to. So I think I think it's a good situation coming into for our young QB. And those are all um, veteran guys. I know Hunter Henry's had some injury problems, but there's worse situations to walk into than what than what he's walking into there. Absolutely. And their defense isn't all that bad. I mean, they just no. got to get some shit tightened up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see the Chargers do well. You know, I don't want to – you know, they're, they're, you know, they're a cool team. And we they're one of the teams that have never won. So, I'm always a fan of underdogs. You know, I want to see them do well and win. So, that's just one thing that I'm looking at from that standpoint is I think that Chargers fans right now just need to chill out and – Let's just wait till training camp gets here before you overreact because Chargers Twitter is a motherfucking black hole. Not lying to you. Like, that is like literally Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole. It's insane. So, I don't know if you've ever, uh, if you've ever experienced that. If you haven't, go hit up Jesse Reeves on Twitter. He'll take you there. I promise. He did with me. And my God, I enjoyed the shit out of it. It was hilarious. Uh, Carolina took Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn. I'm not even gonna act like I know a lot about him. <laughs> like I'm yeah. gonna be straight up. Yeah, we can speed through a few of these until we get to the receivers if you want. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we've got Derek Brown there, Arizona ended up going with Isaiah Simmons at linebacker. Jacksonville took CJ Henderson. Um, and I mean that those are obviously needs that net needed to be met. I was still kind of hoping to see more of a running back go there, maybe a Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but who gives a shit? my opinion, doesn't matter. Leonard Fournette will probably still be there. Jedrick Wills went to uh, the Cleveland Browns. And I have to mention, one of the first memes of the 2020 draft goes to Jedrick Wills for looking like the caterpillar from A Bug's Life. This dude looks so <laughs> similar. I knew as soon as I saw him. He had you were so proud, big, too. Dude, he had the biggest bug eyes I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, this guy looks familiar. And then his hair, he had like the perfect little sprig thing going on up top. You know what I mean? Look, yeah. Just like the caterpillar, it was just perfect. Yeah, uh, that was a great call by you. I can't believe you actually like connected that to Disney and A Bug's Life, but I've, I've even, I never even finished that movie in its entirety. Too, that's what's crazy. But somehow you remembered it, so that's that's crazy. I will say, I think the Browns did a great job there, though. I think the Browns and the Bucks came out with some really, really um, there for their value on their pick where they got their players, where they got their linemen was. Incredible. So, oh, great job for the Browns. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Jedrick should have went to the Giants. That's that's Gettleman already fucking up the entire franchise. So, good luck uh, again to uh, to the to the Giants that are now not Giants that are they're just sad, sad, sad world, sad times for Giants. Uh, going into our next pick, we got to look at. I believe it will be Mister Mikai Becton. Is that how we pronounce that? Tackle out of Louisville. Sounds right to me. Mikai, Mikai Becton. A lot of teams go and tackle here, just protecting their QB. Sam Darnold was one of the most uh, rushed and hurried 
QBs last year. So got to protect your, um, your franchise QB. Right, exactly. And let's get into the next pick with the Las Vegas Raiders. This was kind of the first shock of the night, I would say. Um, when we, me and you both decided we were going to make a bet on who was going to go, and I picked Jerry Judy to be the first wide receiver. You picked C.D. Lamb. And it's Henry Ruggs. He's not bad. You know, he's not a bad uh, wide receiver at all by any means, but he's not C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. I'm a Ruggs fan, so I don't, th- I, don't, I don't think it was that much of a stretch. I think most of the mocks I saw had him just a pick or two behind those, those two, two other names you just mentioned there with Judy and Lamb. Um, but I will say that I was surprised. I think it classifies as a, a little bit of a surprise, but I had all three of those guys in this range. So I guess John Gruden had a, had a major preference there, looks like. I don't know if they're trying to um, – what, what stood out. I'm not going to act like I know what, he, what stood out for, for, for Gruden there, but we know Gruden's mind thinks differently than most. Exactly. My take, my take on this was um, I, I got a quick timeout. The Titans are on the clock right now. The pick is in. There's some guy dressed up like the freeze guy from The Incredibles behind Mike Brabel. I don't know if you caught that or not. doesn't really make any sense. Switching um, over to the, my stream right now, see if I can catch kinda, it. Kind of strange, a little weird. Here's your Titans, Drew. Let's see who they select. Your favorite team yeah, in the whole wide world that beat the Patriots last year. What do they Isaiah need? Wilson, offensive tackle. Check it out. From Georgia. Another Perhaps offensive tackle. Titans. Is that the fifth tackle? Maybe the sixth? Probably. I think it's like the 25th. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Good job. Good job. Back to normal program. <laughs> yeah, back to your normal program. Um, but, yeah, with, with Henry Ruggs, man, I think that Gruden is just one of those guys. He's like, you know, I can hear him now. Okay, guys, everyone's looking at this CD Lamb and Jerry Judy. We're going to – you know, they got their pride up real real high. They're real tall. And, you know, they think they're everything. They think they can just steal their girl – you know, their, their, their phones from their girlfriends. They're these kind of guys. And we're going to prove to them tonight that they're not, that Henry Ruggs is actually the best player in the draft. And then, like, he's like the king of shit like that. So, like, he thinks he's making them feel bad, but they're actually really happy that they didn't go to the Raiders because they're going to show the fuck out. And then Henry Ruggs will probably, like, slowly decline because this team is not built to, like, dominate. And go, somebody out there that is a Raiders fan is going to record me saying that and if they do well, they're going to play it to me over and over and over again. I already can see it now. I hope somebody does that. Yeah. He wanted to kick him in the balls, and that's what John Gruden does best. But he failed miserably. Uh, should have went Jerry Judy. Good good job. Tampa Bay Bucks at 13 took Tristan Wirfs. Tackle from Iowa. Dude was kick-ass. And they traded up. That was our first trade. So they traded with San Francisco. They got the 13. They got the protection for Tom Brady. Look yeah, super stoked about this one, obviously. I bet, I bet you fan. are, pal. Your, your, new, your newfound love for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the Patriots now, right? That's what I'm hearing. <sighs> yeah. Well, he was, he was another guy that was – the Giants were – you know, I saw some mocks with um, the Giants taking him. So, to me, just the more people that I saw having him in their top six, seven draft picks. And if you're getting him at 13, either there was some really, really concerning information that came out on him later or um, it's a steal. So, I think that – I think with the 
weapons that the Bucks have. I think me and you can agree that they didn't need to need to draft a skill position player really here and protecting no, Brady was the yeah. They need more of that protection. And let's go ahead and just talk about it right here because we're just going to roll through this thing for, 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 for now. We'll go ahead and just discuss what were your initial thoughts finding out that Rob Gronkowski was coming out of retirement to go back to play with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay and not New England? Did you cry? How many hours? How long? Did you, did you call your I wasn't parents? upset. I was actually excited for both teams. I think it works out great. I mean, he was definitely going to stay retired probably if um, – I don't know if he was going to come back to pay. If Brady was going to come back to the Patriots on a one year, on a one year, two year deal, I don't know if Gronk was going to come back. So, effectively, the the Patriots get a fourth round draft pick for a retired player that was just on their books, and the Buccaneers basically get some consistency and electricity at the tight end position. So to me, it's like everyone wins here. I mean, I think. Bill Belichick was thrilled to get a fourth-round draft pick for a tight end that – I mean, two years ago, Rob Gronkowski was like a tight end eight or nine. He wasn't even a – he wasn't the old Gronk his last year. So, right. I'm just saying I, mean, I love it. He wasn't even a thing. He just got a free pick. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like to me, I don't really understand people that are like saying – anybody that thinks the Patriots are like getting screwed here, I don't think they're quite understanding that Bill Belichick values the fourth-round draft pick. Like that's – Admits to him, he loves those little mid-round draft picks. So, so when are you going to admit that you are not a Patriots fan? You're just a Tom Brady fan. Oh, never. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's like falling into this narrative of Jarrett's of Jarrett's that I'm going to be good. Like I'm already, I'm already there. So I'm, I'm fully on board Patriots fandom. Um, I just, in the same manner that I rooted for Drew Bledsoe when Drew Bledsoe went to the Bills and the Cowboys, I'm going to root for Tom Brady as a Buck and. Who doesn't love Gronk? I mean, the, the league is a better place with Gronk in it. Can you not agree? I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm so ready to see leaked videos on TMZ of Gronk hitting up every strip club in Tampa Bay. It's going to be <laughs> electrifying. And um, I know he's got a girlfriend and shit, but I guarantee his girlfriend will be with him right there. Like, they're, they're definitely that, that couple that like, like – Need them to break up there. Let's be honest. Probably so, especially in Tampa Bay. Like – I fully expect like just some some wild shit to be coming out of storylines in Tampa Bay because I feel like Brady like you know how like when when adults like you know the you know grown people that have been married for years they get divorced and they kind of go through this like second act of like just reliving like their young days of like going to get fucked up and do shit like that like I fully feel like Tom Brady it would be acceptable for him to do that at this point in his life oh yeah for sure so how wild would it be to see that type of Tom Brady now that he's out of the Patriot way system? I'd be here for it. I mean, they're already going to have the cameras on them. It seems like but the Bucks are going to have some crazy storylines. So just anything we can do to multiply that or add on to it. I think, I mean, you're here for that kind of content. Oh, we so. hype. We big hype. We're going to have to get down <laughs> to Tampa Bay eventually. Yeah. As much as I hate it as a Saints see fan. Big baby. Yeah, we got to go see Big Baby, and then we're going to get with Big Baby, and we're just going to go make a music video in a strip club with Gronk Tom Brady. That's the plan. That's how we're going to live our lives. Aren't you so pumped for having Gronk back in the league, though? I mean, he's just like an NFL staple to me. It so. is. It's like everybody's tripping out now. Like, this is what's hilarious to me is all the whiny-ass wrestling fans. Well, Gronk's the 24-7 champion. What's he going to can't just leave and walk out. It's like, fuck you. He's coming back to the NFL. He's playing real sports now. Like, yeah, you know, he can come right back in two years. When Brady's contract's a two-year deal, Gronk's has, Gronk has one year left on his deal. 
Um, yeah. So if, if Grant can, can finish this year out and then get a sign on a, sign a one year extension, then everybody's done in two years, I think. So yeah, it's like don't worry, you'll get your stone cold John Cena ripoff character back very soon. Yeah, don't worry, guys. Yeah, uh, he's got real things to to handle right now. Jesus, these wrestling fans trip me out. Um, you want to talk a little yeah. fancy real quick though? Like, I think it does. The it's, implication of fancy yeah, does matter in this. In this, yep. it's always about the implication. You know what I mean? You go ahead. What do you think it's gonna, how it's going to impact? I think I've I've come out and said that. I think it's. I think with all these mouths to feed now, you might see a, a slight dip in somebody like Mike Evans. So I think Chris Galwin at the slot and Gronk tight end is going to. There's a lot of mouths to feed here. So who do you think is going to be the the beneficiary? I'm nervous about fantasy for the Bucks. The only Buck that I think uh, that might be pretty consistent maybe will be somebody in the run game. Um, depending on, uh, I would go Rojo honestly. Um, but then again, if we're looking at the Patriots becoming the Buccaneers, and you probably don't want to touch that at all. Yeah, um, it's a bad take it's, there. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I've got to figure out. I mean, I know this isn't the Patriots. No, nobody's ever seen a world where Tom Brady wasn't a Patriot. And we've just got to see what this offense looks like. But I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like, I own some shares of Godwin um, and, and some Dynasty. And I'm, uh, I'm a little worried just because with Evans – you know, we might see the Evans resurgence. You know, Tom might hit it off more with him than he does Godwin. We might just see Tom and Gronk just doing their damn thing and, you know, using some of these guys for the big plays might be more of a, you know, DF, some more DFS type options. I don't – it's going to be weird, man. It's, it's hard to really tell right now. I could sit here and yeah. tell you that, oh, Godwin's going to do this. It's, I have no fucking idea and nobody else does either. We've never seen this. It's just going to – whenever training camp gets around, we start seeing some footage of all of them together, that's when I'll start making some of my assumptions. But for now, if anybody tells you that this player is going to be great with the Bucks and this player is going to do this and that, they're talking out their ass and they don't know shit. Just remember that. Yep, I agree. I agree. No one knows. Um, the only thing I'm curious to see is that we'll know pretty quickly, is this more of a Tom Brady offense or is this the, the usual Bruce Arians offense? Because – it will be very easy to identify because we know what Bruce Arians does. We know what Tom Brady does, and we're going to know pretty quickly which one is calling the shots. This is going to be LeBron's Lakers and LeBron's Cavaliers, Buccaneers, basically. I really, I fully feel feel that he will be calling the shots, and I think that he'll kind of be taking charge. And I think that Bruce will definitely get some of his stuff in there, but I think that at any given moment, Tom doesn't like something. He might say, okay, yeah, sure, go out and call the audible. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is going to be that type of situation. This is a – we basically just took Tampa Bay and made it a uh, a fun project for Tom Brady. That's what this is. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun project. I'm, I'm really, really excited to, to watch this season play out because for the first time I'm going to have an NFC and an AFC team to pull for, so – more fun for me and more fun for Saints games because I'm gonna come. I'm definitely gonna come to the Bucks game. So. Oh, we are definitely getting together for those. We're gonna have a ball. We'll have a big blast, pal. It's gonna be real fun. I hope to see Tom Brady get sacked so many times from Cam Jordan that he can't bear. Probably his will life. happen. Probably will happen. But hey, this draft is the first step towards that not happening. So. You're right, though. Fuck. Javon <laughs> Kinlaw, San Francisco 49ers defensive tackle. Um, out of South Carolina, don't know much. Anything you want to say about him? 
No, I think after we get done with Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb, I think we're we're good. Yeah. So, Jerry Judy, first wide receiver to go. I won $10 via Venmo off this bet. Um, one thing about Jerry Judy that I love is just his his style, like his gameplay, the, the versatility he has. It sucks he's going to Denver, but um, it is what it is. I don't know how this is going to look with Drew Locke. I wish he would have had a better quarterback to play with. But hopefully he does breathe some light in there because with him and Cortland Sutton now and Deshaun Hamilton probably being the third string, you know, uh, the, the third wide receiver option there. There, there may be – yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky. I'm surprised you don't like this more because Locke had some good games in the season and you were on the – He floor. did, but he's more he, – he was, he was stroking Noah, Noah Fant's cock the whole time basically. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. Tight end guy. He's a tight end guy. I, I he agree. A tight I end agree. Guy. It just looks a lot better now when you say Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, no, no font, no fant. You know that's way better than what they've previously had, which is Deshaun Hamilton, and then he's a scrub. They used uh, to call him Bayshon. Like actually, I've never I been a fan of him. Man, I can't get it. I don't like him. You need to talk fan. to. Uh, you need to talk to to our our boy. Uh, he ended up the one. Uh, he won uh, the first Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Pro League. Um, and he ended up getting the uh, Deshaun Hamilton jersey because he actually helped him win. Um, he played like one week, like week sixteen or seventeen or something. Yeah, he played him like two weeks. Yeah, and then that was that was it. It was over. So pretty fun, pretty fun stuff. Um, so yeah, first jersey that ever went out. But now he's just fallen into the dirt, and Jerry Judy's about to steal all the shine. Uh, hopefully, so we'll see. I like Jerry Judy also because he did a stream of tweets back in 2013, and I just wanted to take a moment to read some of them off to you because I thought that they were just amazing. Uh, Jerry Judy, uh, August the 6th, 2013, um, all between the 6th and the 7th of August, these were his tweets. What if you see Big Bird fucking Elmo? What if you see Big Bird getting beat up by Cookie Monster for smashing Elmo? What if you see Big Bird walk up to you and ask where Sesame Street at? What if you see Big Bird and Barney slapboxing? What if you see Big Bird robbing an old lady? What if Big Bird did a drive-by? What if you see Big Bird walk to you and ask for $5 so he could buy a bag? That, I mean, that right there, that's art. You know what I'm saying? That is art. It's beautiful. It, just, it, touched my, it touched my soul like no other. Were those tweets from a long time ago or? 2013, yes. Okay. He was, he was, he was young child boy. Uh, so good, good brain on Jerry. Um, very exciting. For, uh, for Denver and just hope to God that Big Bird – I have a feeling Big Bird will be in the stands at a Broncos game because of those tweets being exposed. So be on the lookout for Big Bird uh, in, uh, in Mile High Stadium, probably Stone, um, because you can smoke weed now. In the <laughs> um, Atlanta Falcons took A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. Now here's where it gets interesting. Dallas gets C.D. Lamb. The steal of the draft right here. Yes, and – but but this is why it happened. This is Jerry Jones slapping the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles for taking Dallas Godert in the draft a couple years ago because they desperately needed a wide receiver. He probably wouldn't have made it all that way, but they were at 21 and the you know the Cowboys were at 17. So now we have to ask ourselves, what the fuck do we do with Michael Gallup? Uh, you're now on wait and see approach with Michael Gallup. I think the way 
the Cowboys are, are trending last year. You know, I, how many podcasts did we get on and say, why will they not turn around and hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott? It's because they're they're fascinated with passing right now, and I think there is enough mouths to feed here with three receivers, especially with the tight ends they have. Um, I just think you're going to see a more productive three-receiver set than what they have with Randall Cobb. I'm not a big Randall Cobb guy. I think he's overrated and he's old. Um, Randall needs so I, to be used as like a, a mentor at this point. Well, he's gone. He's he's no longer there. So what you're I'm right, saying is right. Shit. So so what I'm saying is basically like put him into that role. I know he's not necessarily going to. I don't know how much he'll, he'll play the slot. I think I think he played around 30 percent of his snaps in the slot at Oklahoma and was productive there. Um, but I'm just I just think there is enough for from Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Um, I wouldn't say it's probable. I don't think you should be drafting both of these guys, but. A wait and see approach. Um, do you have a lean on who you prefer? I mean, just from what I've seen, I mean, I've, I, honestly, I'm going to go Michael Gallup right now because he's got more experience in the NFL. But I mean, see, from what we saw about out of CD in college, you know, he's fucking incredible. So it's yeah. uh, you know, all the tape I've seen on him, I think he's an amazing wide receiver, and you know, he's definitely going to develop into something great. Having him and Amari Cooper on the same field with as two weapons. Um, that definitely ups Dak's value in fantasy. I will say yes. that. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. That's probably the biggest uh, – that's, that's the biggest plus for fantasy football out of this situation is you get a little bit more comfortability taking Dak in a later round or something like that because he's still going to be going around where he normally goes around. There's probably a lot more upside to, to that pick now. Yep. So, this is the I, best uh, case of uh, taking the best available player, maybe not your biggest need. Because like he was by far, I thought no way he'd he'd go to seventeen. So this was to slap the Eagles in the face, and they did a really <laughs> yeah. good job because they fucked them up bad. They yeah. fucked up Philadelphia so bad, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Austin Jackson tackle went to the Dolphins at eighteen. Damon Arnett cornerback went to the Raiders at nineteen, and then Jacksonville came back at twenty and took uh, Kalevon Chasson edge from LSU. Look out for them boys in the, in, the, in the purple and gold from the boot. Philadelphia Eagles, obviously they need a wide receiver, and they took one. Problem, they took the wrong one, okay? Jalen Rieger. Who the fuck is Jalen Rieger? Texas uh, Christian. I'm going to laugh so hard if this guy ends up being like the best player in this draft. Uh, Eagles needed a speedy wide receiver, and they get one. So that's great. He's fast. He's from TCU. Um, he's electric with the ball in his hands. Displays speed. Deep thread on the outside. I thought Justin Jefferson was going to go here. Yeah, that's where they fucked up because Justin Jefferson should have been the person that they drafted, and that's it, hands down. But Minnesota got him at 22, um, and that was with a trade acquired from Buffalo. So Justin Jefferson going to Minnesota. He stays in the purple and gold. Unfortunately, he's a Viking, so I have to hate him now. About as good as you can do for a Diggs replacement, though, to pair with Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, the Eagles are are idiots. Like, they're idiots. Justin Jefferson, all the way. All the way. Way better than whoever this Jalen Rieger guy is. That's probably just because I don't watch enough college football. I mean, Jalen Rieger might be great. His prospect grade was a 6.36. Doesn't really matter. This is one of those moves where, like, if Bill Belichick did it, everyone would say, like, wow, what did he have? Like, what does he have up his sleeve? But if someone like the Eagles do it, it's just like like they're idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, check this out. His comparison is to Curtis Samuel, the second string wide receiver on the Panthers. 
Curtis has some glimpses of greatness, but not really. He's just kind of your average. Yeah, he's just average NFL receiver. Yeah. Okay. So let's go take a look at Justin Jefferson here, and let's check the uh, the comparisons on that. Okay. Justin Jefferson, viewing the profile now, I've watched him play. I think he's great. There, honestly, like I don't know, him being there was good. They they're comparing him to Greg Jennings. So, there's your comparisons. Yep, I think the Vikings did really well there. Some some receivers in this draft are just it just seems like a wide receiver loaded draft. So there's a I think there should be a lot of I think we're gonna see a lot of playing time for these guys too. I don't think you're gonna see many of these guys just chilling on the bench. Uh-uh. This is the year of the wide receiver, baby. That's it. Kenneth Murray went at twenty three, uh, for linebacker from Oklahoma to the Chargers. And then the Saints get uh Cesar Ruiz. We already said that in the beginning of this show. So you knew about that. So that's where we were. And then following up from here, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State, goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Like so, the fifth receiver, right? Yeah, that's the fifth right there. So obviously we're looking at uh, you know, a trade for Minnesota for that. They they got that pick or whatever. And it's I mean, I don't really know much about Brandon, but I, I trust that Kyle Shanahan knows what the fuck he's doing. And they've got a they definitely have a very young wide receiver core. So they're yep. just going to keep building on that, and they're going to keep playing for the future. Who knows? They might be dominant as fuck in years to come. Yep, Emmanuel uh, Sanders, you know, and we're just the, calling out that departure. He's actually on the Saints now. So for anybody that didn't realize that, he's now on the Saints. So the 49ers had a void there at receiver. That's right. And going back to the Broncos, Melvin Gordon's there now too. So just in case you didn't know that. Um, so Green Bay weird. Packers. This is – here's another one. So um, – Aaron Rodgers on the hot seat. Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State, goes to the Packers. Kind of shocked here. They went QB. I know uh, Aaron Rodgers is getting older, but I thought they would have done something else here and drafted a QB later in the rounds to come. But they obviously liked him a lot. I'm not, not really sure. I'm not going to deep dive in that like I know a ton about him. Yeah, no, I've heard the name Jordan Love. not really know much about him. Seattle gets Jordan Brooks, uh, linebacker, Texas Tech. Patrick Queen goes to the Ravens from LSU, linebacker. Uh, 29 goes to Isaiah Wilson, tackle from Georgia. Noah Igbino-Grine for the Dolphins, another name like Tua's last name. So just hard to pronounce. Not really sure. <laughs> Hopefully he's good, cornerback from Auburn. Um, and then Minnesota at 31 takes Jeff Gladney, cornerback from Texas Christian from TCU. And right now live happening, pick number 32, for the Kansas City Chiefs, goes to drumroll, please. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back, LSU at thirty-two. Holy shit! Holy shit! There we go. There we go. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes to Kansas City. Those motherfuckers going back to the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. They can see everybody's been speculating what like like someone like uh well who who was it? Who who are the running backs I'm thinking of here? DeAndre Swift and and Hunt. And then yeah, Swift. Everyone thought Swift was probably gonna be one that goes here, but no, dude, Andy Reid knows like the dude, the Chiefs know running backs, bro. Like, we got to be real on that. Like, the Chiefs have always had just solid running backs for some reason. And Andy Reid is going to continue that trend. But, dude, this is incredible for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 
to be on this I team. where he falls on the depth chart. That's the thing about the Chiefs. You just never know who they're going to start. You know, like they could. Damian well, Williams returned to that elite elite status the last, like, six weeks of the season. So, I mean, this I is know. definitely – we're definitely going to be looking at, like, a two- to three-back set. I mean, easy. But um, that's the thing with the Chiefs, man. They don't do that. They do not use this uh, running back by committee approach. They they rarely do it. They I have feel Damian like. – I mean, they have Damian. And who who is the one that they got, like, two years ago or a year ago? That was they have Damian Williams. They have Daryl Williams. They have um, they traded for Lashawn McCoy this year. Yeah, Lashawn, but Lashawn's done, man. I mean, yeah, he's done. I'm just saying, like, I just don't know who they're going to use. It's dude, kind of they've got to they they've the got to use a combo of of Williams and and Clyde edwards helaire They've got to use that combo, dude. That combo would be so sick. They just drafted a guy last year. Why can't we think of his name? I know. Uh, he's the, I know. I'm, he's the short guy that's like ripped. I mean, yeah, he is. I mean, he's got some speed and he's tough. But, I mean, dude, with Edwards Hilaire, dude, I think that he's definitely all around. Darwin Thompson. He was hyped yeah, up just like this guy was, though. Yeah, but, dude, but dude, the hype has been the hype has been beyond, like, with Edwards Hilaire. Like, like it's been – like, this has been – I don't even know. Like, since last year, I remember the beginning of the LSU season watching him. And, I mean, they've been producing some really good running backs. Yeah, I must feel like they need to like move on from somebody. <laughs> I thought I mean, they had they, well, they, They've got to. They've got to. But man, dude, that was wow. That was crazy. That yep. was wild. But yeah, that's the that's that's it. I think that's the draft. The Bengals are back on the clock for for pick thirty three, and uh, that'll be starting tomorrow. But yeah, an exciting first night of the draft and ended in just that was raw shit right there between me and you by the way that was just like raw conversation that was live stream I mean, shit I, I love that i feel like i feel like we haven't stopped our twitch stream so it's been yeah, the it same here it's recording yeah it's just the same thing to me i love it we need to do more video for sure and if you guys want us to do more video just let us know we're we're here for it but it's coming either way you want it or not you're going to be spoon fed it so just get ready but make sure you're subscribed to the garage guys fancy sports youtube page check out the new podcast cautions out with randy the plumber and get ready for a full weekend of more NFL picks. And we'll still have a lot more stuff to talk about as the weekend rolls on. But uh, thanks for tuning in to episode 156, recapping the first round of the NFL draft. As always, Drew, do you have any last words? Let's play some football. Let's go racing. I'm ready to get the sports back. Sports. Party. Repeat. It's the garage guys. 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 It's 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 the garage guys. It's it's the garage guys.